Welcome to episode number 31 of the Runners of Hue podcast. I'm your host, Vicki Odie. Today's guest is Andrew Torma. A Rice University grad student studying applied physics, Andrew moved to Houston for school in 2019. A soccer player growing up who first got into running while he was an undergrad, it wasn't until Andrew moved to Houston that he really got into running. In this episode, we talk about his move to Houston, how he started running long, and by long, I mean, he went out one day for a 12 to 14 mile run and ended up running a marathon. Why he will never do the Goggins Challenge again, and so much more. Andrew is currently training and fundraising for the Chicago Marathon, where he's fundraising for the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention, and the Houston Marathon, where he is fundraising for a second cup. Houston's only nonprofit coffee shop dedicated to ending human trafficking. And we will both be taking part in the Lululemon Seawees 10K and Half Marathon, who has an in-person event here in Houston on September 25th. Check out the show notes for how to support Andrew in all of these endeavors, and I hope you all enjoy this episode. All right, Andrew, thank you so much for being here with me today. Why don't we jump right in? Please tell everybody who you are, what you do, and where in the Houston area you live. Okay. Um, so, hi, I'm Andrew Torma. Um, so, I am a Rice grad student. Um, I'm going into my third year in the applied physics program uh, that's partnered with the Smalley Curl Institute there, um, which was started from one of the both of them won a Nobel Prize for their carbon C60 buckyball um, discovery. And then I currently live right now in the West U area, uh, just right in there, right by Rice, just because as a grad student and a student in general, it is super nice to be as close as possible to where you're going to work. <laughs> um, so yeah, I just run a place with uh, two other grad students. Okay. Um, so I saw that you were a grad student when I was doing my like internet stalking. <laughs> Digging out the background. <laughs> and um Okay, so what do you do with applied physics? Uh, in general, or like in my lab right now. Well, like, what do you, what do you want to be when you grow up? Like, when oh. you graduate, <laughs> what, what's your, what kind of job are you looking to get with that? Uh, so I guess the best way to start it is that applied physics in general really just means you have a background in physics, and then you're doing more like engineering type work. So I guess the be- uh, another term is so applied physics is an end. Engineering science is another term they use, but you go into like any field you want. So I have my background in physics, maybe some chem or uh, chemical engineering classes here and there that I've taken to my first couple of years. And then now I just use that knowledge to fix in time problems, I guess is the best way to put it. So instead of research or work, that's more, that's a problem or we didn't know it was a problem. But we kind of like, we just don't know what it means. And you're like kind of looking to the stars, try to figure that out. This would be a company saying, we need this efficiency for this device. We need the food problem that's going on right now. How can you make more sustainable foods? How can you make better solar cells? Um, NASA needs a better fuel source. SpaceX needs a more industrious handle the heat capacity of like going through the atmospheres and their shuttles. Um, And that that would be where like an applied physicist comes in because we have, we know how to do the engineering part, but it's more, we have a bigger science background. Okay. Yeah. So anything you're basically going really, to yeah. I guess that's, yeah. Uh, I feel like that's kind of a bad way, but yeah, um, pretty much any, anything that's to do with science. Yeah. You're just like the physicist in the lab. Um, but yeah. So in general, when I, when I came in, the goal was to do 
my big goal was energy, renewable energies, because I wanted to, I came in with that big grand idea of let's change the world. Like I can do it. Um, so yeah, that was my, my goal was to come in of some sort and work either for an engineer, uh, energy company, um, trying to do solar cells, wind energy, something along that sort, um, trying to get more efficiency out of the devices we have, maybe in batteries, because that's a huge blocking point right now. Um, or going in, I mean, I think space is so cool. <laughs> and so much of the stuff we've got in the last like 50 years has come from the NASA explorations that happened in, like the 60s. So, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I know running podcasts. Let's talk about science. <laughs> I know you thought you were just here to talk about running. Um, well, so speaking of, well, we'll get there in a minute, but so uh, I think you moved to Houston to for school. So where did you grow up? Yeah. So I grew up in a suburb right North of Chicago called Evanston, um, right in Illinois. Uh, many people know about it cause that's where Northwestern is Northwestern university. Um, yeah. So I grew up there. <laughs> it was a nice little town along the lake and went over to Virginia for undergrad uh, at William & Mary. Mm -hmm. And so I did four years out there, came back to the Midwest to do the classic postgraduate. I don't really know what I wanna do with my life. I didn't get to travel, so bought a one-way ticket to Europe and got a Euro trail rail and did that whole spiel after working all summer and saving up some money and then worked in a lab, um, kind of got my bearings on wanting to go to grad school and got into rice and they hooked me in and then I came down to Houston. Okay. So while you were growing up in Evanston, um, did you run or did you play sports? Yeah. So I, I'll say soccer was my main sport in terms of that athletics, but my parents, specifically my mom wanted me to have the ability to choose what I wanted to do. So she put me in everything possible anything from like gymnastics to swimming, to dance, to soccer, to baseball, anything. And then I, it just like kind of filtered to what I leaned towards. The only rules was it couldn't be really detrimental to your head and she's a dentist. So there could be no circumstance where I might lose a tooth or I chip a tooth. So football and hockey were out of the question, um, across for about one month. And then she said, Nope, that's, there's no, we're doing that one. <laughs> um, so yeah, but in the end, in terms of like running related soccer was the one that I stuck with. Yeah. Okay. Well, so then when did running come into the picture for you? Um, so running more on my own and not as I just got in trouble, um, during practice, <laughs> I guess came in more in college. Um, it was more just, that's kind of how I knew how to work out. So staying in shape, but it wasn't really more than three miles, four miles the most. It was like every other day kind of thing in and out. Um, but the type of running that I do now, which is like the 50 miles a week, training for marathons, want to do ultras, like that kind of thing, that came in when I, after about a couple months of moving here to Houston. Um, and you yeah. moved here in the fall of 2019, right? So yeah, so July 2019 is when I came here. I did a couple early months before school. Um, oh man, you moved here in July and you stayed? <laughs> that is, yeah, I don't, to be honest, in the first two weeks, there was a point where I called my parents back home and I told them, I was like, guys, I just, I might just quit now. Like I didn't even start yet, but I feel like I'm melting every day of the week. I moved here and it was like, like right now it's kind of a cold spell, like mid eighties kind of. It's 89. Still, yeah. Okay. Well, okay, it which is a cold spell now to me, <laughs> but it was, it's still super humid, but I was like, Oh, this is what it's like. I can, it's humid, but whatever. It's not that hot. 
And then literally the next, maybe a day after, it was a two-week spell of a hun- above 100 every day. And that's when, yeah, it was a, <laughs> a trying time. <laughs> well, so I moved here in 2012 and I moved here in September. So it was a little later still. I mean, yeah. hot as all get out. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I remember every year, I'm like, you never really acclimate to it. But I also do think my first year here was the hottest. So maybe you do a little bit. I would say, do you, do you think you've acclimated now? Slash, where did you come from? Where was the home base before this? Philadelphia. I'm from okay, the so East Coast. Another nor- a northern person. Yeah. 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 Well, I guess I'd been living in Connecticut before that, but originally I'm from Philly. Okay. Um, and I mean, you never really get used to it, but maybe I sweat a tiny bit less. Like See, I just I was... remember that first summer being so disgusting. Oh yeah. When I, I was actually just talking to some people in one of my mainline groups when I was here a couple of days ago about, I think it's not that you get used to it. You, you just know. And so you get less annoyed. It's just like, okay, it's happening. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. But I do feel, I think my body's starting to change. Cause when I go home, my dad as a joke always rolls up to the airport with like five massive North faces or something. I was like, like, here you go. I know you're cold. I know you can't handle it. And the first time I went back, I was like, ha ha, I'm still like from up here. I haven't been down there too long. This most recent time I went back, I was like, no, you're kind of right. <laughs> I think I think I need that jacket now. <laughs> well, I got here. So I got here. It was right after Labor Day. And I went to Chicago that year for to work the Chicago Marathon. Okay. And so, I mean, that's October. I stepped off the plane without a jacket and I was so cold. <laughs> that yeah it was hard yeah that's the thing is i talk to people but down here about when it's like 55 down here people are in their parkas like the canada goose parkas and everything (laughs) but 55 up in chicago when you're coming from the winter i was outside playing basketball without a shirt on or even i've been on the beach in 55 to 60 degree weather like reading a book tanning like that when it comes from winter you anything feels great when it's not like negative something so right yeah, I guess I lived in Indiana for five years and their winters can be, well, I mean, it's right next, their winters are pretty brutal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and the, the whole like, effect I... you have up there is, yeah. Yeah. So, all right, moving on. That's enough. <laughs> <laughs> talk about the weather in Houston. <laughs> yeah, you talk for days. Um, oh. So you start running once you get to Houston. What makes you sign up for your first race? Uh, so... <laughs> in terms of not a 5k race okay so because i okay because i said there's the baylor 5k that you ran right first yeah 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 but then you made the turkey trot yeah so i did the baylor 5k um through some friends i met and they knew i ran but it was still at three to four mile range and never really more um and then my roommate and his family were here thanksgiving and him and his sister running the turkey trot so then I was like, oh, like I've always wanted to do a trigger trot 10K. I thought I could do that. I've run five miles, six miles before. Um, so I, that's like how I got it. it was, it's, I've done 5Ks before, but again, this is just with friends for fun. I never trained. It was just, I run enough in general that I can handle it. Um, but my first race I've actually ever signed up for, that is like my marathon, like that kind of distance now that I'm doing is the one I'm doing in October in Chicago. That's technically my, it's going to be my first marathon. I, my first half was actually just back in April, which was the vintage half. 
And so you're doing the Chicago marathon. Yeah. Nice. Going home for my first one. Choice. Yeah. Um, well, so if the Turkey trot was your first, like not a 5k race, um, before you did that, had you seen the meme, like, what is it called? Um, don't marry into a family that does turkey trots on or that does 5Ks on holidays. Oh, yeah, There's yeah, something know, about, yeah. like, choosing between champagne and a 5K for a holiday. Yeah, see, before, e- even after that turkey trot, I think it would have been the family of champagne. Like, that is, like, definitely what my family is. Like, that is the route we go. Um, but I have now, I am now that family that <laughs> it's like you're marrying into the running family or the champagne family. Well, my whole thing is, why do you have to choose? Okay, yeah, turkey trots are t- like not definitely that been that person that keeps the champagne in my car in a cooler for after you're done the race. See, I my question right there is why isn't it in your water bottle? Like you might as well just enjoy the turkey trot the whole way through, try it out, mix them together. I don't know that that's a great idea. <laughs> I've definitely run under the influence before, but not while I was actually wasn't actually carrying it with me, and it was okay, not yeah, fun. That's true. I've never had to carry it. I did. I've done one. What did we get warm? No. Mm-mm. Well, okay. So I did a beer mile for a friend's birthday recently, okay. in the last couple of months. And well, I guess that's different because the whole thing is the chugging and you want that to be warm. <laughs> like if it's cold, it hurts even more. Oh. Yeah. All right. Well, okay. Whatever. We, you can do both, <laughs> but you should do the champagne after the race. I will 100% agree with that one. Okay. Definitely, It's definitely post. Yeah, I don't so, know why you have to separate it. If you still weren't ready right after that turkey trot to to be that person, what changed? Um, I really, I really think it's just I've always been into health in general, um, and like fitness stuff. It all started back when I was little. I had this really weird allergy um, that my parents figured out um, that I couldn't eat corn. I got intolerance to corn, so any corn byproduct. I have corn syrup. I couldn't have corn flowers, corn starches. So I was that weird kid who you go to this house and it's like all the healthy stuff. And people are like, where are the normal foods? Or like the Doritos. I'm like, fritters. Yeah. Um, so ever since that happened, I've been a huge kind of, it's been in and out, but I've been pretty focused on that. Um, so it was never far into running. It was more just like general stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and running was just a kind of part of the routine. Uh, but then in January, 2020, when I got back from a break, my roommate had done a half marathon or two. Um, he played baseball in college, so he was like an athletic person too. Uh, but he wanted to do a full marathon, like really going out. And he had seen me the whole previous semester, just run almost every, every day, just not a lot. And he's like, you could definitely do it. Like you, you already have the mentality. And I was like, ah, who would ever want to do that? Why would you ever want to run that many miles? Um, and yeah, next thing I know, uh, he didn't twist my arm. I finally was like, yeah, sure. Of course. No, I'll train with you. That'd be fun. It'd be a cool thing to do together. Um, a couple months later, I, he COVID hit. So he kind of fell off and has that stuff. And I just went straight the other direction. And now I run like a crazy person. Um, well, so was there a race that you both had signed up for, or you were just starting to train and you'd figure that out later? It was start to train and figure out later. Okay. Because we were both so far from the idea of what we think we could do for a marathon. They were kind of like, let's get some base miles in and just kind of start training. 
And then when we feel comfortable with this run, I think it was kind of like a way out for us in case we didn't actually want to do it. We could just be like, okay, we don't need to. Um, but yeah, no, after, I think it was like after just a couple weeks of doing it, like realizing I could do it mm-hmm. and realizing that you don't have to sprint every time you run, like you're allowed to go slow for a longer t- distance. Um, those runs just became like awesome to me, which is probably the most like <laughs> runner thing you'd say that they're awesome and they're not the worst. I mean, some are the worst, but they're just like, <laughs> I don't know. There was, a, I think there was just a couple of long runs where they really became like a mental staple in my day of like getting the junk out almost like, I don't want to say meditative and get all wooey like that, but like in that sense, like it really was like a, like a structure and a way to work through things. And uh, yeah, I just started loving it. And plus, I mean, COVID hit, so there's nothing else to do. <laughs> well, so I was going to say, well, number one, I usually like Instagram and athletes are where I usually get most of my information and for you that is not a thing i mean you have an instagram but the profile that i know you through is like i don't know 16 20 posts and uh and with athletes you've you've run a handful of races so i scrolled through all of your strava (laughs) (laughs) okay (laughs) and i saw i unless it just stops after you scroll for too long it looks like you started your strava account on march 21st 2020 yeah, probably sounds all right. I didn't have this, this is the thing. Yeah, like before I had my Garmin, which was about then, I was just using my Fitbit and it was purely, yeah, just like kind of tracking stuff here and there. It was never, I was never that into running like in that sense. So, I mean, a fit, and so I guess the Fitbit accounts were public. You could probably see more runs there before that. Like oh, all my, yeah, like yeah. all my three to four mile runs I was doing for like the two years, three years leading up to that. Um, yeah, no, my Instagram too. I started that. So there was one post from when I went to college because my friends made it for me as a joke because I didn't have one. They're like, you need one to like keep in track of people. And then I never used it until July 4th, I think was probably the next post. I finally posted something about when I ran uh, mostly a marathon on July 4th, 2020. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's, a, it's a very new thing. <laughs> yeah, new to the game. <laughs> That's okay. Well, you've got plenty of things logged in there. So scrolling through it, it looks like you try to run roughly maybe one, sometimes two half marathons a month. And I don't mean like not including your long runs because I kind of skipped over those, but there would be like 13.2 multiple of those. Um, So do you plan to do that or is that really just a run that you do? So (laughs) before my training cycle started for Chicago and I actually now have a plan with legit miles I should run and not run more than and like build up for um I was notorious for just going out and seeing how I feel that day and just running and I kind of just I looked up some schedules online of like how you should schedule a week kind of when you're running a certain amount of miles and how you should increase like the 10% rule for miles in a week so like that so after just going going through like the free ones on either Brooke Hansen or on Runner's World or Magazine, um, like those websites, I kind of saw how they scheduled it. Um, but yeah, sometimes I just kind of go out and be like, I feel good. Let's do like three more miles, four more miles. Um, there were, yeah, there, a lot of my halves and marathons I did during COVID. Um, this isn't to like sound weird or be like, oh, I, like talk myself up like I can just do this. It, it was purely like some days I'd wake up and I'd feel so good that that day I just decided to do, like, I just did a marathon. Like, or like, on, that's what happened on the 4th of July. I was running. 
got to mile seven, felt good. And I was like, how funny it would be if on July 4th, I just ran 24.4 miles because that's the 244th July 4th and then just did it. And like, that's just, yeah. So that's, there's no rhyme to reason. When I first started running, it was very hectic and kind of everywhere. Um, well, yeah. I mean, you look like you average a pretty steady pace. All of the halves that I looked at were between 142 and 146. So um, for like, oh, for, oh, for the whole thing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. So just out there running on your own, like, it's a pretty decent clip. Yeah, <laughs> there wasn't, uh, again, at that point, it wasn't really, like, there wasn't really a run to reason to high train. Right. It was kind of just, I just knew fast days like after reading a bunch of books on or listening to a bunch of podcasts on how to run like rich roll doing his like he has his whole philosophy on the whole like running or maybe it's not his philosophy but he he does a lot of like the 820 run mostly slow that kind of stuff mm-hmm. do his own two heart rate for most of it um listening to trying to think, uh, reading all the books like Dean, dina Castro's book um let your mind run um born to run by mcdougall i think it was um like all those people just I kind of knew like, okay, on these days I should run a certain kind of slow pace and do it. And then on my fast days, I'll like really try to go fast. Um, but yeah, when I was doing those runs where like the half marathon, um, when I get between like one forty something, I probably should, even those runs, I probably should have done slower. Um, but at some point I just kind of forget it. And I think at that point I was still listening to music and podcasts and books when I ran. Um, I do notice when I listen to music, it can kind of hype you up a little too much sometimes and you just start going with it and like get in the zone. Um, and the next thing I know, I end my run and I'm like huffing and puffing and want to like <laughs> die on the couch. So do you not listen to anything when you run now? Not anymore. No. Oh. So that, yeah, that's another weird thing. I did it literally all the way up until February this year. Actually, I can tell you the exact time it happened. It was during the blackout here. Um, all my, electronics died oh. so I didn't have anything to use uh-huh. and I guess this is another weird story that you might have on your list I, I do I, I for sure do <laughs> I ended up uh, okay so, I, I it was cold and it was weird that because I was just like sitting in my house there's nothing to do and I started getting that point where this is gonna sound bad because like there's no reason I should feel this way but I started to feel like down or like bad like pitied myself a little bit like oh you like there's nothing you can do. You have no electricity. You can't do any stuff. Which is so dumb for a person like me to say that. Like I'm doing completely fine. I'm safe where I am. I'm used to the cold. Like, so I got up and (laughs) in my head, I had my, I I had my coach's words of, yeah, it's cold out here, but if you run faster, you get warmer from when we used to play soccer in like January, December. So I was like, I'll just go for a run. I still have running water. Thank God. So went on a run, um, but didn't have headphones. So I just ran and I, you probably have this on your list. I ended up doing a 50 K and because I just, there's nothing else to do. And that run for some reason, since I made it through without headphones, I never again wore headphones. I'm just like, I just don't do it now. <laughs> yeah, I, know. I did not look up what day of the week that was. So it was February 16th that you ran 50 <clears> K. Was that, it was the beginning of the blackout, whatever, right? Was it like Tuesday-ish? I want to say it was a day or two after. Yeah. I think it was a Wednesday. 
So I still didn't have power. You didn't have power. No. I was, I mean, so here's the thing. Like Monday, I think Monday was the day it snowed. A friend of mine had just had knee surgery and lived in a walk-up. He couldn't go anywhere. And nobody was out on the roads. There was snow on the ground. I have a Jeep. I'm like, why is nobody on the road? Yeah, you're from Connecticut. You get it. I have a Jeep too. I'm like, okay, guys. But once I was out, I was like, well, I don't want any of these people near me, though, because they don't know how to drive in this. That's how exactly how I felt. And realizing in my head that there's no infrastructure here to make it melt. Like, no, I was trying to break the ice. So he has a metal landing trying to break the ice. So maybe ooh. I could get him out of the house. Yeah. I literally took over like big kosher table salt trying to like because there's nothing there's nothing here there's not like there's no rock salt at that point i don't even think you could buy kitty litter not that i would have thought of that at the time yeah, now, now looking back yeah or like sandbags or something right crazy town all right well so but before that was january 1st just one of those days for you oh for 2020 uh 2021 but oh january 1st, oh yeah so um no that one i actually did plan quote unquote i uh i got home for christmas break i've been running a lot um and at this point still i was running like kind of haphazardly just doing as much as i could because I, I just weirdly loved it so much i want to get as many miles in and i only really took a break if something started to hurt which for any runner listening it's so dumb just like don't run until something hurts like or you're injured in some way like take rest days and that point from someone who runs literally almost every day like if like if you ever feel a twinge anyways um so I got home and I was already kind of I mean it's Christmas break so I'm hanging out with my family I'm hanging with my sisters we're going out and getting like hot cocoa coffee like messing around not really going outside much watching tv I mean because it's winter up there so you know Mm -hmm. people aren't really outside as much yeah and I noticed that within the first couple of days I just hadn't run as much I mean I was getting I was catching up on sleep I was not prioritizing that and I slowly just realized like oh this is kind of like a taper like kind (laughs) of like your down weeks going into a marathon and I really wanted to run a marathon like officially run a marathon um in 2020 and with COVID like I I, with all the news I thought by fall they'll be back I can sign up for one um and so in my head I was like I'm already kind of doing this taper you know what what again this what if thing i do in my head what if i ran a marathon on new year's like we can't go out or do anything how great would it be to go to bed early and wake up feeling great on the first day of the year instead of how i normally would feel on the first day of the year and like chug out a marathon just do something right off the bat and like really start off the year right um which is funny that we look at one day a year like that (laughs) when there's 365 of them i don't know why that's the one but you know the new year um, so yeah, I've just planned, that was the one I planned out. So I looked at a route and if I ran around my whole town of Evanston, so down South around the lake, back to my house, that was about half a marathon. And then I could run back towards the lake and up North to all the Northern suburbs. Um, and back, I could do another half. Um, so I, that one was a little more planned. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, and for the people who are listening, cause I'm sure 90% of my audience is from Houston. How cold was it? It was, let's see, low 30s, high 20s, 
it was sleeting slash snowing when I started. I fell once on the first, I fell twice in the first half part of it on ice. Um, and then when I got in the second half, it started to warm up in the day enough that the snow coming down became more wet and more like slushy. Um, so it was a rough first half to say the least since I, yeah, doing that. But there was a point when I was running, the snow stopped and I'm on my back half, probably around like mile 15 or 16. And I'm running through this gorgeous part of the Northern like suburbs along the lake. And it's very foresty. And it was like the most beautiful picturesque, just untouched snow. And then just like this bright red Fox, like runs like around. And I was like, no, what? as horrible as that first 15 miles was, <laughs> that was a cool scene to see. It was worth it. Well, the temperature was at least warmer than I thought it would have been. Oh yeah. No, I was very lucky. Cause I just told myself that I was going to do that day no matter what. So it was, it was happy that it wasn't in like the teens. <laughs> so now ping ponging back to March, there are a couple things that you did in March that I thought you were a little insane for the first of which was the Goggins challenge. Yeah. That was so, another one. Sorry. You know how, like, I mean, I saw it, everybody started doing it during quarantine. So you just saw it and said, that looks like fun. <laughs> Yeah, so at this point, I've now kind of turned into that person <laughs> who says, oh, that looks like fun. Like, Iron Man, that kind of looks like fun. Like, all these crazy challenges, running across America, like, uh, what, Hellas Sabid, I think is how you say his name, just did. Like, that looks like, like, that's like kind of mentality I've started to weave into um, or really just turn hard into. And, yeah, that's another thing, actually that my roommate said he wanted to try. And I was like, oh, I'm definitely down for it. We both have followed Goggins, um, heard him on a lot of podcasts. Um, I mean, he's a very interesting character, a very intense character, um, but a lot of good inspirational quotes if you need them. And I thought, yeah, no, it'd be a cool thing to try once. Um, I'm saying once because I love my sleep. I think sleep is very important. I think it's like the key to all recovery and like health things. And waking up every two, three hours to then run again and break up your sleep with that was definitely a, the hardest part, I think, of that. Um, but yeah, that was another thing that it just started from uh, what if it would be cool if you just did this? Yeah, yeah, why not? And then I ended up doing it just by myself. I was going to say, did your roommate back out of that too? Uh, yes, but I think he actually injured himself oh. before that happened. Yeah. Um, I, I feel bad <laughs> like coming off like he's backed out. Um, but yeah, no, that one, that one was, I think, yeah, he ended up having an injury. So I did that one by myself, um, which again, I was, I was fine with it. It was just like me, myself and I time go through like a crazy person. And then a week later you went out for a run and wanted to go 12 to 14 miles and ended up running a marathon. Okay. Again, I feel like I'm sounding crazy as I come <laughs> off here. Um, a little. <laughs> yes. So that was that story. Um, at this point, one of my best friends from undergrad, Trevor, um, I've been talking to him pretty much every other week um, during COVID. And another friend of mine, Hannah, who actually now lives in Austin. And I, they had been tracking and seeing my running and seeing how much I've been doing. And I've been just kind of telling them about it and how I've been doing it by myself. Um, and they said, you should really find a running group. Like you really need to find a running group. And I said, that is probably true. Probably a lot more fun. Um, but I kind of just had been putting it off and also it's COVID. It's like no one was really posting about it or doing what they're like making it visual. If anyone was running together, it was very much 
still themselves just because I mean you have to be safe um and so in March I did the Goggins uh this guy named Rasmus started liking my post and for people in Houston probably many people know Rasmus he's the head of the Nord running crew um or one of the two co-heads and he started liking my post and actually Nord was one of the few groups that when I was looking through like Strava groups in Houston and running that showed up and like a lot of them, you never know if they're real in-person ones, if they're kind of just fun little groups that they have that are just for Strava. Um, and I noticed after he liked my stuff that they had on Strava when they ran. And so the next one that was coming up was a Saturday long run, um, meeting at a second cup and then going along White Oaks Bayou, which is like our normal thing we do. Um, and so I was like, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to do it. I'm going to finally find a running crew <laughs> and like meet other people that run in Houston, like me. Um, and I went out and no one was there in the parking lot. Like it was just me. I waited until in the winter to start at 8 AM. So I was waiting. And then out of nowhere, Rasmus comes and his nor running stuff. Uh, and he said, Hey, we're actually not running this week. Um, it was right around the uh, woodlands, oh, I think yeah. marathon or half. Um, and so, and then they were also doing a, um, an event for lead Texas, uh, lead Houston, Texas, which helps, um, under privileged youth in certain areas of Houston, like do uh, after school activities and get to sleepaway camps in the summer. So I kind of get out of Houston and see more outdoors stuff. Um, but it's more, like, it's more like helping with kids in their schools anyways. Um, so he was going to do that with a lot of people from Norton. Um, and he's like, well, come out next week. We're for sure going to be doing that. He brought up the thing about the Woodlands marathon uh or the half and i was like oh okay um like that's awesome like totally about this like running group since you guys do service within the community and really try to help out and that is like a main part of what this group's about plus the running like it's not just let's get times let's train well all that stuff um but since he had brought up a marathon <laughs> he's like you can run the thing yourself do you know the route i'm like yeah i saw it i saw the route i can find it and so i ran had enough food and drink for 12 to 14 miles because that was the plan and then while running on it I had that nagging in my head that they were doing that and then a biker passed me and said oh are you going to the end and I was like there's an end to the bayou and she was like yeah it's about 13.1 from where like I told her I started and I went oh it is and then I ended up just going to the end and turned around and i think from mile 15 or 16 on i wanted to die it was <laughs> horrible i had no more food or water or like drink left most water pounds weren't on because of covid still the sun it was one of those weird days in march where it started to get hot um i say weird in texas of course it's getting hot <laughs> the sun was coming out and yeah it was that was a really really rough run if you are going out for a run and you only have so much supplies for something and you're planning for it stick to it because this was one of those runs where i got back and i was severely dehydrated i was like hallucinating the last two miles i barely made it to my car and when i got to my car i actually i just opened the door took this water passed out for 20 minutes like outside the parking lot of second cup like it was it was not a smart thing <laughs> that i did but yes that was just another you know <laughs> didn't plan for it just went now I laugh about it <laughs> I'm, I'm glad you can um so that was your so did you go back next weekend and run with the group yes I went back the next weekend and ran with real people 
who kept me to running my my uh my set amount which i think was like eight miles <laughs> which is uh very much what i needed after doing that um yeah so i went back and that's where i met the rest of the crew um that normally run then and yeah that was that was the first and the start of now the nord running crew which is the main running group i run with okay and, and so- the start of me meeting houston people <laughs> <laughs> um so that was mid marches when did you decide to run vintage park when did you sign up for that um so vintage park was in april i want to say my first weekend of may okay so i think it was the first or second track day so they also do track on wednesdays at Mm -hmm. 6 30 um, p.m at the north side high school for anyone and yeah i went out um did track with them they were all talking about their upcoming races and everything and what they're training for because one of the guys in our group ryan he's like our coach um and I would say like, he is mostly our coach and he like gives us all the track workouts and everything. Uh-huh. And one of the times when he was describing the workouts, he's like, do this pace for this, whoever's running the half marathon, do this, whatever. And I was like, Oh, there's a half marathon coming up. They're like, they're doing them again. And I was so excited to like maybe do a race. Um, and so, yeah, a bunch of people were doing vintage cause that one opened up and they still had spots. So it was that it was right then and there. Like I went home that night and signed up and ended up running it. So you had like, roughly six seven weeks maybe to get ready for that did you at this point so now you're training with nord were you doing just their workouts on the days you met and like flying by the seat of your pants for the rest of it or did you have like a full-on training program uh definitely the former (laughs) it was run the wednesday tracks and the saturday long runs um occasionally in the mornings they would do like a coffee run um, at 6am. So I do those. So I could make get up at the early hour. And then the rest of the time, yeah, I did, I didn't have a training plan for this half. It was, I ran the weird amount that I still ran just no thought about it. Um, yeah. I just kind of did what everyone else was doing on the days I ran with them. Okay. So you get to the race and it's your first in-person half. Now I've never been to vintage park. Is it a small race, medium, uh, it was for still when, COVID protocols, I think, right? Yeah, so you had to wear a mask going through the gate um, into the tunnel to start. And then it, after you started, you're allowed to take it off. Okay. Um, but you had to, like, have it through the start and then bending the corner. Um, and they're only starting people by twos. Uh, so you had a specific time that you were in, like, your corral. So the, all the different times were separated by, like, three or four minutes. And they were, like, okay. doing twos, wait 10 seconds, twos, wait 10 seconds. Um, <clears throat> I mean... I feel like in general is probably a bigger race. It's really close to Houston. It's a half um, easy up there on, I think it was like 45 and then a little left, however Houston directions work. I've um, lived here for nine years. I stick <laughs> down like that. <laughs> and uh, yeah. And so it was definitely smaller than what I've heard of halves, but in the sense of COVID, like, I thought it was like a pretty well turnout. Like, I thought it was a good turnout, but I think it was one of those things where everyone that normally runs that much, like once they saw it was open, it was like the jitters of like, let's go run. Um, right. Yeah. So there's a good amount of people though. And so how was the race itself for you? If you're for your first official. So my first official, um, I went in with a pseudo time goal, um, more just there's people I was running with who I ran similar throughout my training with Nord. Um, I ran a similar place, uh, Pedro and Laura, 
And so they had a time goal, which was sub 130. And I said, you know what? Like, I run with you guys normally. I normally run your pace. They were all hyping me up saying like, yo, you could definitely do it. Just try to stay with us. And I was like, yeah, for sure. You know what? I'm, that'd be fun. I'm going to try to do that. If I don't get it, it's my first half, whatever. Um, and so I go out there and just do my best to keep pace with them. Um, there is definitely the first couple miles. I was like, we are really keeping this pace. Like we were like a 645, 640. I was like, we're really, we're really doing this guys. Right. Um, by mile five or six, I was hitting strides. And I was like, you know what? Okay. This, this is just a fast run. We can do this. Like just focus on form. There was times where I like close my eyes and really just focus on like my knee drive, like really kicking and pulling with my legs and pulling them up, like really going through it. Cause at this point, this is like when I started hitting my strides to working on form. Um, after running with Nord before it was a lot of just running, not really thinking about it. And now I really started to like, especially on the Wednesday night tracks, hear about how your running form should be and really trying to put that in practice. Um, and there was this long stretch of vintage that was like three or four miles, no water, sun's coming up right along a highway. So it was a little rough there, but I was around about the five or six mile mark. And then around the 10 or 11 mile mark, one of the people I was running with Laura sees a two people for girls um, or women that are running they were definitely first and second. And she's like, we have to catch up to them. And at this point I'm like trying, I'm struggling to keep this pace, um, to keep up with her. And two other people were running with Emily and Pedro started to like go off just a little bit. And I was in that mindset. I was like, you know what? I did my best. <laughs> right. I don't know if I keep going. And I was like, no, Laura, I'll go with you as far as I can. But if I don't, if my legs physically won't move faster, then you should just don't look back. Go like you can do this. So she jets off. Like it's just like nothing in her mind. Like, oh, wait, we can go faster. You're talking about and just goes. And I'm like, oh my God. Okay. Like, am I like, I think my legs are stopping. But then I realized I'm like still keeping a somewhat good pace. I'm going. Um, I hit like the mile 12. Look at my watch. And I did all the math in my head really quick. Like, okay, if I keep this pace, I can, I think I can get under 130 still. Like, I think that's actually a attainable goal. Um, and at that point I was like hitting sevens, maybe a little higher. And so then last mile, I really just let it loose. Um, and I'm coming in at a one twenty eight, about, so yeah, I was ecstatic. My one shoulder was so sore because I've slowly learned that I run in my form a little weird on one side. Um, but yeah, it was a crazy, it was such a fun race. Um, and I definitely, was dying <laughs> through the last part of it. It was real rough to get through that end. Um, but it was so much fun to do a race or a half when there's other people there and like you're running and they have water stations and other humans. <laughs> Will you do any races between now and Chicago? I'm trying to think of what I've signed up for. Um, so I have the Lululemon Seaweeds. <laughs> which is how we introduce ourselves to each other. And so I'll be doing that as the 10K just because I think the half would be a little too much because it's on. So for anyone that doesn't know the Lululemon Seaweeds, um, you should sign up. It's online at the Lululemon. Just look up Lululemon Seaweeds and you can register. It's $5. It's virtual, quote unquote, um, because it's virtual everywhere in the US besides Houston, one of the two cities got chosen to do it in person on September 25th. Um, that'll be starting at Herman Park by the Centennial um, Gardens. And so, yeah, that one's because October 10th is Chicago. Mm -hmm. It was just a little too close. Um, and now I have my schedule. I probably could have trained or maybe could have done it, but I just didn't want to risk it. So I'm doing the 10K. Um, I think that is 
the only one between now and race wise i'm right. also doing uh something called tsp uh which is you run i want to say it's either 29 or 31 hours as much as you can in a group and so you take turns running um and the original one oh the speed project yes yeah, the speed project okay and so the original one is six people three men three women and the freestyle where they call is just as many people as you want so nord is doing it i know freak run club is doing a group too and that's yeah you just that so that quote-unquote race um i'll be doing that but my like actual like race race will be i think just the lululemon seaweeds okay um, yeah and are you following a real program for Chicago? Yes, I'm following a real program. I am not just winging it. Um, the Nord coach Ryan wrote, uh, kind of helped set me up uh, since he's been running since college, or well, since high school, uh, ran in college and everything. And so he kind of helped me actually plan out how your week should be set up in general, how much you should be adding miles to each week, um, that kind of stuff. So, yes, I have a real plan that he has already kind of started nudging me about when I go on an extra run that I was supposed to go to. Like if I end up going to Fleet Feet Green Bar Run Club or I go to the Run On in River Oaks Run Club and that adds on four extra miles. And when I was supposed to do that day and he like kind of nudged me and saying like, you need to make sure you take off four throughout the week now. You can't just keep randomly running. Um, so, which I think has now become a joke in that group that I just, <laughs> I just do that. <laughs> you are that guy yeah um so do you have a goal for chicago (laughs) the laudable goal of trying to break uh three hours um since that is my age group's boston qualifying okay uh i would never have said that ever in my life even coming into before vintage even when i was doing my long runs i don't think i would ever have thought that was something i'd ever actually want to go for um but since i did vintage below the one half hour mark I now in my head think maybe that is actually something I could do with a real training plan and like time um so three hours is my goal just or just below three hours um I don't even I mean running Boston would be great I would that'd be so cool to do I think more just like hitting the time is enough um but again I, I'm all about having like a b and c goal too so the hit under 310 still insane if I hit under 320 still great because it was still going to be personal best for me since right. my personal best right now is the new year's one which was like a 355 mm-hmm. um so i mean at, in general three hour would be great but i'm not holding too tightly to it yeah okay do you have i mean you said you'd love to run boston if if you get that chance do you have other bucket list races like are there do you know like i want to go here and i want to go the there or, huh <laughs> So do you want to hear the craziness that goes on in my mind of races? Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think Boston would be awesome. New York would be awesome just because they're like the big races. Um, but I really want to sign up for the Mendocino Farms 50K um, that's in California because I kind of want to start going into that direction of ultras um, or tries. So after I do Chicago in October and Houston in January, um, which another this side because I feel like I probably should say this, um raising money for uh chicago through the american foundation of suicide prevention um so if you look at my instagram there's a bio on the link um and so i'm raising money for them uh, you can see my whole story of why i'm doing it that's for a friend who passed away through from suicide in college um and then for houston i'll be doing it for a second cup which is raising money to fight human trafficking 
Um, so those are my two marathons that I have signed up for. But after that, yeah, I'm trying to decide if I want to go the ultra route or the triathlon type route um, and try to hit an Ironman goal. Um, but yeah, so that that's like where my mind's going past the Boston, New York marathon. It would be Mendocino's Farms 50K, um, maybe what other ultras. I know there's one up in Huntsville that might be a 50 mile or a hundred miler. Um, there's these things called swim runs because I'm not the biggest fan of biking. And when I say not the biggest fan, I mean like it is a huge block in my head and I do it to get to school and get back. And with friends, it is not like a workout to me yet. I'll say yet. Um, well, so yeah, if you want to do an Ironman, I, <laughs> I need to do that. But so swim runs are, so I know that there's like the duo athletes who do the running and the biking part together. Swim runs somewhat similar, but you break it up into six different um, like segments. So you like, you run and swim a certain amount, then you like run again, then swim again, then run again, then swim again, six different times. Um, and they just, I think are starting one in Austin, um, but they're mainly in like Maine, Michigan, uh, Washington. So that might be on, on the bucket list coming up. Um, but yeah, I lo- my future is more looking long endurance list, like pushing those boundaries versus breaking better times. If that makes sense. I've never been the fastest, even in soccer. When I was with my friends playing, I was, I was a fullback. I had endurance. I could run the whole game. I was never the fastest though. And so I think that's knowing my strength of, I think I can go long and push through the, those weird walls versus hitting times. Okay. Well, we will watch to see what happens. Um, all right. We are almost done. Now okay. I have my fun questions to round us out and get us home. <laughs> Where is your favorite place to run in Houston? In Houston? Mm-hmm. Favorite place to run. Um, this one's hard. <laughs> I guess the white oaks bayou and i have a little battle going on now <laughs> since that is where my long runs are and i seemingly feel like i'm dying every time i come back from them so i want to say it's my favorite but it's like in my head ingrained um but i guess my favorite spot because i'm trying to get into like the more long distance and like trail running stuff is that bottom half of memorial park mm-hmm. um by picnic loop and stuff uh like by, by those routes where it's like the blue trail green trail stuff like that I've only done it once, um, but that one time was awesome. And I really want to go back now. It's just recently. Um, okay. So I think that is now going to be my new favorite spot. Otherwise, Buffalo Bayou is just a classic. But yeah. If you could run with anyone, living, dead, cartoon character, superhero, whatever, for any distance, who would it be and how far would you go? Any distance would be. Hmm. This might be because it's primed in my head. So I was just listening to this podcast, but I'm a big fan of ritual, rich role and um, the Walter, uh, the other like ultra athlete. Um, she's done crazy, crazy things. It's like the fastest female for like that distance. Um, I think I'd want to run with either one of them and like just go the distance. No, no set distance. Just like go the distance and see what we do. Um, because I think as someone, one who looks up to them as runners, I'm um, maybe where I want to go. Um, just hearing about their stories, hearing how, where they got, where they are. Uh, I think they're just great people. Every time I hear them talk, um, they have such 
bounds of knowledge that I could take, but specifically getting into those farther distances of like, if I somehow was at the point where I could run a hundred miles with them, no, like gaining the knowledge of what you have to do at that point to keep going um, and seeing what's coming out. I think those would be, those are my two choices. I know those probably aren't like fun and crazy, but. <laughs> no, good choices. Yeah. Good choices. Um, thinking back to all of your running, what has been your best running experience to date? Hmm. It'd be a tie between running my 50K during the blackout because I learned, I like really went through a lot of my head um, running that and showing myself I could get that distance, um, kind of like opening new doors into like what my running ability is. Um, and then, yeah, really just like being able to push boundaries and work through stuff in my head. I think that was just so eye opening um, and like healthy for me uh, mentally to do. Uh, that tied with running along the lakefront in Evanston is just so gorgeous in the summer. I mean, summertime and shy or summertime shy is just so great beautiful the weather's amazing um and the, uh, those runs are just always if i'm ever having a really bad run here i just go to some of my favorite runs up there and just like picture running along the lake um just feeling the breeze <laughs> seeing all of it it's just so nice uh, so i think those would be my my two what's your craziest running experience uh so craziest again it would be a tie between the 50k because that was unplanned i literally was like in a jacket carrying like two bananas trail mix like because i i don't until recently i didn't ever take gels like this is like that's like a new advancement in the last like month or two i usually would just eat dates bananas and like nuts and stuff um but so that because that was obviously a crazy person thing to do um but that or the white oaks bayou marathon just because that end was I was hitting something, <laughs> something not safe. So that was definitely the hardest and craziest. Okay. And last question, we've talked about how you got into running and what your journeys look like so far, but why do you keep going? Why do you run? <clears throat> That's, I feel like such a big, maybe even like can be precisely put question if I had the answer really well formed already. <laughs> um, I, it is... So from my start being such kind of like a health nut, um, or at least more of a health nut now, like it, it, there's definitely a part that's just health. Like it is a longevity thing. It is being my best self, feeling healthy. I feel my best when I run, I sleep better when I run. Um, I just like being in that type of shape. Like I want to be able to, like, if, I, if I go on a trip, I don't want to be stymied by my physical inabilities, not being able to climb a sand dune in Northern Michigan not being able to go snowboarding in the mountains and maybe hike up to a new peak. So there's something like that kind of aspect. Um, but as much as it is physical and the physical gains I get from it is mental. I just feel so amazing running. Um, even on those really crappy runs where I'm begging for them to be over and I have eight miles on my training plan and I can't believe that two more miles and that that last six wasn't a 20 mile already. Like even when I have those, I just, I can work through problems. I clear my head. It really helps like mentally and emotionally with what I'm doing. Um, and if, if I have friends or anyone that want to get into running or want to know why to run, it, one of the biggest things I say is just like mentally, like you'll feel better. Like it really, it really just clears my mind and 
there was actually times where I was doing, <laughs> again, weird, weirdo I am, sprints on Rice's grass fields, coming annoyed from not being able to physics out a problem in my quantum physics class and solve the problem on my sprints. Like, I just like opened my mind and like let it go, solved it. And I, could go, I went back and finished it. Like, there is something about running that really just, once you find, I know it's gonna be weird to say like the runner's high, but I think there is a point once you get past how much it hurts if you start that it really, there is a point where you can just get to your, like with yourself. And it's a good, like, I don't know. I think that's like such a pure place to be. Um, and you can really work on stuff when you're, when you're running. So that's why I keep doing it. Um, and this whole new aspect of being able to help the community either through like the Lululemon Seaweeds thing and raise money for black and run girls on the run and back on your feet or doing it for the AFSP or doing it for, um, second cup fighting, um, human trafficking, like that new aspect I have where I can run and it's not just personal now. And now it's external. I can help people. I can build a community. Maybe I can get other people into running, um, either older or younger, maybe start kids younger, uh, like help them find a new level that they can achieve or get out of bad places. That's a whole new level. that's like brought in just something that I love about it. Um, and it's a pure form of sport. Anyone can do it. I feel bad saying that because it's kind of a weird statement, but you just need some shoes, you can go. So, all right, great answer. I love it. And thank you so much for spending this last hour with me. I really appreciate it. And I can't wait for this episode to air. <laughs> I can too. And here, all my friends are all crazy. I am. <laughs> As always, you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Runners of Hue. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, or however your podcasts. And if you like what you're hearing, please subscribe to the show and leave us a rating and review on iTunes. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next time.